This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you too, sir. How you doing today? Oh man, I'm great. I'm great. It's a yeah. uh, it's a it's a hot, sweaty Monday morning <laughs> or Monday afternoon. Of you know what? What else would you want? Yeah. Well, someone said uh, earlier. I saw a meme. They were like, "You want to know what it's like to live in the South? Take a really hot bath and then immediately put your clothes on without drying off." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that is yeah, a hundred percent accurate. <laughs> man, and then as as a pipe enthusiast, you know, then you then you pull out your favorite smoky, smoldery English blend, and uh, and and then put on top of that, and that's what it's like to be a pipe enthusiast <laughs> in the South. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Actually, I was talking to somebody the other day. I was like, you know, we really shouldn't complain. People spend good money to go to like the the spa, the sauna at the spa, and everything like the yeah, sauna. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, like, this is that's that's what we did. We get we step outside. We're already in the sauna for free. So I mean, you know, there's there's something. People pay m- m- like eighty bucks a month to join gyms with this kind of stuff, man. They, exactly. they have tan- tanning beds where they have to, you know, lay in some device that you know gives them uh, extra UV rays, and um, you know, and then they are part of a gym, which makes them, uh, you know, people like me feel bad about myself. And so, you know, we we get all we we get all of that ex- complete experience just by stepping outside. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's uh, it's one of the benefits of the South. You step outside. That's right, man. All the luxuries of a high engine. Oh, you, <laughs> right, you, right. UV rays, sauna, and shame. It's all right there. It's right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, man, good stuff. Yeah, I know that the summer is in full swing. I don't know, man. School's starting back this coming week, which uh, for those of us with kids, we're, we're uh, kind of gearing up for it. My oldest starts on Wednesday, and then my youngest is still a few weeks out before her, uh, her Montessori uh, kicks in. But um, it's oh, been yeah, uh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. In fact, we're meeting the teachers tonight, so that's that's fun. Yeah, ready ready for school to start back. Big big time ready for school to start back. <laughs> it's so funny, man. I know all these photos of parents sending their kids off, and it's like, which one's more excited, the mom or the kid? And mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's decidedly the uh, the parents. So t- tonight, when you meet the teachers, are you going to slip them a bottle of whiskey or something? <laughs> right. I don't know. It'll be interesting just to kind of uh, you know get get the setup. This will be her first uh, full year. Of course, we did last semester. We kind of moved in the middle of the semester which was a challenge. We're excited for it, man. We got a lot of stuff going on. Um, I want to make mention of this because as this episode goes out on Wednesday, uh, tonight as it is, uh, I will actually be giving a podcast chat, kind of leading a podcast chat over at the Black Walnut Cafe on Memorial here in Houston. That's going to be at 8 o'clock tonight. There is a uh, content creators meetup. And so uh, whether you are a content creator or you're just kind of interested in podcasting, come on out. It'll be a a fun uh, little chat. And uh, again, that's going to be at the Black Walnut Cafe here in Houston uh, on Memorial at 8 p.m. Would love to meet some of y'all there. That'd be awesome. Good for you, man. That's that's great. I'm I'm, I'm happy for you. That sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, it's going to be super laid back. You know, it's not. You know, I've got I've got like a, a a canned class that I've given on podcasting, and I've got my you know my TEDx talk in my pocket that I can always go to. But this is going to be like super super laid back. <laughs> but I think it'll be a lot of fun, and it's always just great to to meet some new folks and uh, 
and see what everybody's got going on. But man, you're 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 going to be meeting perhaps some new folks, perhaps some old folks as you uh, celebrate the 49th anniversary of the Country Squire. That's right. As this episode comes out on Wednesday, uh, tomorrow, August 15th, 2019, in the year of our Lord, we are celebrating the, <laughs> the 49th anniversary of the Country Squire. Actually, uh, yesterday, August 11th, as we're recording, uh, was the Country Squire's 49th birthday. But we're having the party on Thursday because people are more likely to hang out then. So really excited. Uh, this coming Thursday, 6 to 9 p.m., man, we are just so fired up. STG and Lane Tobaccos are going to be there, have all kinds of bulk tobaccos that we're going to do um, some buy three, get ones as far as, uh, you know, different ounces goes. The tens will be the same kind of setup. So uh, buy three, get one. Got some door prizes, some uh, giveaways. It's going to be going to be a lot of fun. The cigar guys, of course, are, uh, you know, they, they've got the big money, right? And so they're bringing some cool, cool stuff as well. So if you're a cigar smoker, you know, that'll be there too. The cigar and pipe folks will be uh, both, if you buy the show deals, will be uh, entered into a contest to win, man, a cigar, a, a cigar bar or a tobacco bar. It's kind of amazing. I, I put some photos of it on our friend face and Insta face and all that other stuff. Man, it's it's amazing. They're actually they, they've donated a uh, a diesel cigar branded tobacco bar, and it's got a foot rest. And I mean, it's a it's a bar. Yeah. How did that 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 like you put this on Facebook uh, earlier in the week, man? And I got to tell you, I was super jealous when I saw this thing. Like. Y'all have upped the prize game. Like, y'all were just giving away, like, half-open tins of Orlick Golden Slice and past it. Like, now you got fully fresh, like, bar humidor type deals. Like, oh, dude, I, I, I leave it. town for a few months, and this is right. what happens. And, and, and we up the game. No, it's so cool, man. Uh, props to our friends at General Cigar, like, throwing an awesome party. Of course, General Cigar now is partnered with Lane Tobaccos, Scandinavian Group Tobaccos. I mean, we're talking about Peter Stokeby and... Uh, Orlick, Balkan Sassini, uh, yeah. uh, you, you know, just so many great brands uh, there on the pipe side, but also the cigar side, uh, Diesel, CAO, Punch, Macanudo, or La Gloria, Cubana, uh, some of these, uh, you know, venerated cigar brands. And so, yeah, man, that, that, they are bringing in the big guns, uh, donating a tobacco bar for our raffle. It's got a built-in cigar humidor in it. It's just, it's crazy. So, um, yeah, come on. We're going to have, uh, man, live music. Our, our listener and friend and club member, uh, Cooper Miles, will be there playing uh, picking and grinning and uh, have some have some cold drinks and it should be a good night and it's gonna be a blast i'm sorry i'm not gonna be there and uh i'm i'm still just i'm blown away man y'all y'all are putting on a, a pretty incredible party uh <laughs> you might as well call it the 49th uh, uh party slash make bo jealous party because <laughs> that is that is certainly a byproduct of this uh well man i hope everybody has a great time and i'll be i'll be keeping up on social media to see all the pictures yeah. and everything and um yeah. I, that's the other thing, man. Normally, when whenever we had these events, like I was, I was doing like the live streaming thing, which often got us in trouble because somebody said something that they didn't want to <laughs> say on camera, and then yep. we'd get you'd get like an angry email <laughs> the next yep. day. It's like, yep. oh, I don't want my wife to see that. <laughs> exactly. Our our, our family uh, friendly podcast, you know, and work friendly podcast. Sometimes we can't control what people say on our live shows, and so, I know, right? Um, you know, and, and and there's characters in the pipe world, and so it makes it a uh, it makes it a little fun, but anyway, yeah, we're 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 thrilled, man. We will miss you, but um, anyway, if anyone is in the area, we'd love to have them swing by that night and live stream it so I can watch. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great because <laughs> you know I'm not going to do it. No, exactly, exactly, man. Well, good stuff. Uh, you know, we uh, we're really excited this week, as we mentioned uh, in previous weeks. Um, we got a Squire Select, which is uh, very appropriate uh, because it, it's been a minute, man. It's been a minute so, since we've uh, cracked open. 
the various uh, 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 yeah. beverages to enjoy with uh, various pipe tobaccos. But next week, we will also be doing a tobacco talk. So this week, we're doing a Squire Select. Next week, a tobacco talk. Again, we're going to try to maintain this, uh, this, this uh, not necessarily tradition per se, but perhaps a practice of keeping you all informed as to what you can expect around the corner. Uh, by the way, let us know. Do you, do you like that? Do you, do you care one way or the other? Um, we want to make sure that we're, we're giving you guys uh, the, the show that you all deserve. So uh, let us know if, if you like kind of knowing what's to come. But anyway, so next yeah. week, we got a tobacco talk. But this week, man... Oh, yes. This week, <laughs> Squire Select. So for those right. who have never listened to a Squire Select episode in the past, this is where we take various beverages, typically beverages, uh, and we pair them with various uh, pipe tobaccos. Now, you know, we've done things like gin. We've done things like tea. Uh, but more often than not, we do like to go with a little bit of the brown water. I'm talking, of course, about whiskeys, uh, scotches, bourbons, various spirits in that category and yep. uh t- today is no exception man we are doing it up classic classic squire select with some very very delicious drinks uh that i'm, I'm looking forward to uh, uh a sampling and, and reviewing because because the people yeah. man for the culture for the people this is this is what the pipe community needs right now is you and me <laughs> drinking whiskey in the middle of the day and uh and talking about the pipe tobaccos that, that would go best with them and, and I think when you say what the pipe community needs, what you're really saying is this is what I need on a Monday afternoon when my kids are finally going back to school. <laughs> hey, 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 look, 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 look. I mean, we in many respects, man, we, we do our best. We do our, our part to the community as a whole to represent well, right? We want to represent the pipe community. We want to represent the pipe community back to itself. We want to put on display what, you know, really uh, passionate folks who who love the uh, love the pipes, <laughs> love the pipe tobaccos, love the community as whole. Like, this is, you know, so in many respects, yeah, yeah. You know what? I think doing it for ourselves is doing it for the community. <laughs> self-care, you know, without self-care, you can't do anything. So there you go, man. It's important. <laughs> you're, you're basically, you're such a long-suffering person, Bo. You know, really, you should... Uh, <laughs> I, I can sense your the pride you have in your humility. It's fantastic. That's right. So. That's right. That's right. I, my my only wish is that I could be even more humble. But um, that's right. I, I that's think right. I've already maxed out how humble anybody could be. So. Uh, that's impossible. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, well, moving along from your uh, you know lack of hubris <laughs> to uh, our delicious uh, whiskeys that we have have here today, we've got a couple. And man, man, I, I'm excited. I think um, think this will be good. Uh, Bo, how about we? Uh, and and by the way, you know, because Bo and I are now in different locations, this is kind of fun. We have to coordinate this right. occasionally. But what what's great about this particular episode today, Bo and I have uh, have not compared each other's thoughts on these two particular uh, whiskeys, and so uh, we're going into this blind. We're going to taste the uh, taste the same ones today, but. Uh, I have not uh, gotten his thoughts or reactions, and so I'll be really interested to see uh, what uh, what they are, and uh, I'll, I'll find out with you, the uh, the, the patient listener. So uh, today, the first one we're going to talk about is the Mitchers uh, Small Batch Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, and it's the uh, Mitchers uh, U.S. Number One. Ooh, I like that little cork pop. That was nice. Um, yeah, uh, you know, uh, this is a um, this is a, a, a good a good whiskey. I, I think uh, it's really good. This is something I have not tried until. I reviewed it for uh, this particular episode, and um, and uh, frankly, didn't even know it was available here. Although have seen the uh, you know the uh, the label here and there before, um, but passed it over several times in the on the bourbon aisle at the local package store. And uh, you know, it's just one of those that I never uh, never really tried, I guess, and 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 kind of had forgotten about. But um, 
Man, really, uh, really, really good stuff. It goes for in our state about thirty six ninety nine a bottle. That'll, uh, you, you know, your mileage will vary based on your local excise taxes and all that kind of stuff. But um, self proclaimed uh, one of the oldest uh, distilleries in the USA. Um, you know, that is a lot of these whiskey companies, right? What they do is they play up their story, which may or may not be entirely true. <laughs> and so the Mitchell's name does go way back. I mean, we're talking, um, you know, the seven mid, mid 18th century, the 1750s here. Um, and so, uh, you know, very, uh, lots of legacy there with the name. Um, the distillery itself, uh, was a, um, it, it was in Pennsylvania and then was defunct for a while. And now, uh, the name is associated with the distillery that's located in uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, and so uh, that's where this is produced. And um, it, this particular brand is more uh, probably famous for their rye whiskeys, the the, the ryes that they put out um, that are very uh, very high quality. From from what I understand, I've never had them. Um, but if you if you hear people talking about mixtures, uh, you will probably be more uh, you know prone to be familiar. You, you know they are more likely to be mentioning their their rye products. So um, uh, yeah, so uh, you know a, a good good product, a, kind of a, a upper mid range price or you know kind of beginning that premium uh, price point there. Um, the distiller for years was a, a man named Willie Pratt. Uh, who was in the business for a very long time? He was known as Doctor No <laughs> because really? he would he would constantly tell his employees that his whiskey was not ready to go out, and so <laughs> that, that um, kind you know, of Doctor No, <laughs> yeah, it's it, exactly it's just not good enough yet. It's not good enough yet, and that perfectionism, I think, really uh, you know just helped their their product uh, you know continue to um, continue to improve over time. And so today, the Masters Distiller is uh, Pam Heilman, uh, Pam Heilman, and. And uh, she works occasionally with um, with uh, distiller emeritus uh, Willie Pratt, and so um, yeah, it, th- this truly is a small batch whiskey. Uh, you know, they they market themselves as that. It says small batch whiskey on the bottle, but uh, when we're talking small batch, we're talking twenty to twenty five barrels at a time, uh, which is very. Uh, I mean, that's that's a craft. That's an artisan product. That's an artisanal um, you know whiskey that we're talking here. So aged at least eight years. Um, you know, if you're someone that hasn't had a lot of super premium whiskeys but want to uh, branch out into something, uh, you know, a little more um, a little more high end, this would be a good approachable step for you, I, I think. Mm, um, that's, a, that's a really good way to put it, John David. Yeah. Is that a good way to put it? Yeah, I think so. I, I'll, I'll be interested once we uh, sip it here in a second uh, to get Bo's, uh, you know, feedback on it a little more. But, um, you know, this is a very approachable whiskey. It, it's complex, lots of flavor, but... Um, but the superlatives are not, uh, you know, uh, so, um, you know, they're not so pigeonholed where you can't just approach this from a lot of different palate uh, backgrounds. I, I just think it's a good gateway uh, whiskey. It might be the Frogmorton cellar uh, to English blends, Ooh. as this is to premium whiskeys. Right Ooh. now, I'm not pairing this with Frogmorton. Today. I was about to uh, say about number one. <laughs> I know, right? No, number one, that would be cruel because you can't get it anymore. Number two, uh, we, we've we've paired things with uh, the frog before, but um, yeah. So anyway, uh, let's. Um, you want to take, take a little, a little sip? sip? Yeah, let's. Uh, Wait, you, I, I tell you what, do, you want to describe uh, just the bottle and then also the color of the whiskey? Yeah, and actually, you know what? Let me let me mention this too. Like, so so Mitchers actually came on my radar very very recently um, as I was yeah. watching uh, Netflix's. I think this is season three of Jessica Jones. Uh, which is the last of the Marvel Netflix series. Now I know John David, you don't know 
what Marvel is. Um, they, they, uh, <laughs> they, they are Hollywood yet now, and yet you don't know who they are. And that's fine. That's fine. Uh, no, but I mean, it, I, uh, all I hear was Netflix, and then I heard, wow, 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 Gumby, wow, 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 right? <laughs> well, anyway, so Marvel, uh, the, you know, the Marvel heroes, they had their kind of the Netflix series, which was uh, connected to the movies, but only slightly, and now it may seem like they might not be connected at all. But the last of the deal that Marvel had with Netflix, uh, the last of the uh, the series they were putting out was season three of Jessica Jones. Now, Jessica Jones is a private eye, uh, but she is a superhero, even though she does not want to be a superhero. So she has all these super abilities, but she doesn't she doesn't wear a costume. She doesn't even like using her super abilities. Uh, and yet she goes and kind of, um, you know, uh, solves all these mysteries and, and murders and, and that sort of thing. And uh, as a private investigator, she is also in kind of that classic noir style, a hard drinking detective. Like so she is constantly <laughs> just pounding the bourbon. And because she is, you know, a superhero, she also has like the super, um, I guess, super tolerance to alcohol. So, yeah. so it takes that that, um, you know, that that archetype of the hard drinking detective to the next level because she is always drinking it. And so interestingly enough, this last past season, I don't know if they've done this in, in the previous seasons, but she was always, always drinking Mitchsters. And yet you never saw their logo. You never saw their name. It was one of the situations where the bottle was always turned to let you know they didn't get the rights or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like really, yeah. maybe they were trying to get them to sponsor the, the series. And at the end they couldn't get the sponsorship. So they just turned all the bottles to the side or something. <laughs> but because of the iconic nature of the bottle, it's easy to pick out. For one thing, as I was watching it, even though I didn't know the name of the brand, I know that I'd seen the bottle before because you have that kind of that oval that is uh, on the front of the uh, on the front of the bottle that it's it's kind of got that um, texture might be the wrong word. It, it's it's a little bit of like a it's not a perfect oval. It's it's a little rough. It's a little yeah rougher on the edges, literally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and in that, you've got kind of the uh, the iconography that's right in the, cent- the cent- uh, center with kind of, uh, you know, very uh, stamped on. They, you know, you mentioned the the early uh, origins of the distillery. They even say specifically on their, their label, distilled in small batches according to Mitchell's pre-revolutionary war quality standards dating back to 1753. And so, um, beautiful bottle, tall, and uh, with the, the star wrap on the top as well. And as you mentioned... It's got the uh, the the number, uh, really truly a small batch. It's got the batch number uh, right there on the uh, the top of the bottle as well. So um, yeah, let's. Uh, I've already poured mine, but I've, I've, <laughs> I I I fought I fought off the urge. So now now we get to drink it. All right, cheers. Mm. This is this is good whiskey. This is one of those where I, I think you know, for those of us that are more everyday men, you know, aren't constantly buying. Uh, 40, 50, $60 bottles of whiskey all the time. When you pop a cork on this, you know, okay, I've just opened a premium product. That's kind of my experience here. What do you think? First impressions. Yeah. So you can kind of tell that Mitchers cut their teeth with rye because there is very much a distinct kind of that rye spice kick that you get with this. It's not lost, but at the same time, it is a very smooth bourbon. I love, you know, I hadn't thought about it from, from that way before John David, but I loved how you, uh, you pointed out like this, this might be kind of your gateway into kind of some more premium or some more, uh, small batch, um, type bourbons out there, because while it is, um, it's got some complexity to it. It's not overly complex, right? It's not, it's something yeah, that that's right. the, anybody could pick it up and drink it and think, man, that's, that's a good bourbon. That's a good whiskey. Um, but it also, it, it's done in such a way that it does have that kind of rye highlighted in the experience and honestly yeah. it's just good like it's, it's just really a good. really good 
yeah. kind of like you know cabinet bourbon to be honest i mean like i don't mean like it's 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 a little it's pushing on the higher end but it's a little bit on the lower side of the higher end so it yeah it's, it's like right up my wheelhouse this might yeah, be exactly. my new go-to honestly <laughs> i I completely agree. The, um, the the caramel notes of it remind you of some of those sweeter uh, bourbons that are out there. But you know, it kind of as the as you swallow and then throughout the experience, you've got that dried fruit that kind of comes in. And then a really I, what I find, I'll be interested to, to see if Bo uh, catches this. But but there's a there's a pepper finish on this yeah. whiskey that that I think is very fascinating. It's not um, it's not over overpowering. It's just a nice. Uh, peppery finish that that lingers. It's a, it's very much a, um, a a note that lingers on your on your palate. It's very subtle. It's uh, it really really nice. And so um, another thing too, if you're not one of those people that drinks their whiskey neat, if you have always put it on ice or uh, heaven forbid mixed it with something, um, this would be the whiskey that you may want to try neat. This mm. this may be a good uh, gateway, uh, you know, whiskey to dr- just drinking uh, straight. Uh, you know, just a really good, um, really good sip and whiskey just by itself. Uh, super smooth, but also good on the rocks uh, yeah. as well. So, it's fast yeah. becoming like one of my top three. You know, Buffalo Trace is still very, very high up there for me. Um, and then, you know, Old Soul from uh, from Jackson's uh, uh, Cathead Distillery is yeah. uh, probably, I mean, like, honestly, uh, that might it's have so the number good. one <laughs> slot just because of the home field advantage. But it is, yep. uh, if not number one, it is a very close number two. And uh, yeah, man, this one, this one has kind of found its way into kind of my, my number three spot. And that's not to say that it's, it's low at all. Like that is, you know, that that's amongst all whiskey, <laughs> all bourbons. So <laughs> I, I enjoy it, enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, well, man, uh, as far as the pipe tobacco pairing that we have today, uh, um, I, I think this, this pairs really well with this particular one. So we're going with Rattray's Marlin Flake. Oh, uh, Rattray's, interesting. Of course, okay. uh, yeah, you know, Rattray's, of course, been around a long time. It, in more recent years, has been uh, kind of difficult to get your hands on. But, uh, you know, the, the shipments are, of Rattray's are regular. It's just not something that you can get necessarily at will anytime you uh, want. You may have to wait, you know, a few weeks before your favorite tobacconist gets their hands on some. But um, it, Marlin Flake is great. There's a mellow uh, natural sweetness to this particular tobacco. Um, it, it does have a noticeable... Uh, Virginia tanginess that's not, uh, again, not overpowering. It, uh, I think, matches well with the, uh, you know, natural sweetness of the, um, of the mixtures. Um, but then it also has enough perique to give it that peppery finish. So you're, we're really complimenting and not overpowering or anything the bourbon itself. As all Rattray's, you know, Virginias are to me, uh, they are sipping tobaccos. They're tobaccos that you're going to want to smoke slowly and uh, intentionally. And, and I think that's the best way also to enjoy uh, the misters as well. And so as you're kind of uh, going back and forth, swapping your pipe for a sip of, uh, you know, this this delicious, um, you know, bourbon, uh, going back and forth, I think it's going to pair really, really nicely. And I, I'll be interested if you had the chance to, to, to tell me what you think. All right, man. That's uh it's a good good pairing right there. Yeah, I, I had not. Uh, I, yeah, this sounds terrible, man. But Rattray's is not normally like uh, on my radar. I mean, like it's not. Yeah. You know, when when I kind of think about again, not to give like a top three list here. Although at some point, actually, that might be yeah. an interesting episode us to give like our top three pipe tobaccos that are, like that are kind of in our, <laughs> our go to. But like, no, Rattray's is not currently part of my rotation. Uh, but maybe I don't know. Maybe I need to ch- yeah. switch that up. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about well, Squire Selects is it, it 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 can force you to expand your palate. If if your love of one thing uh, pairs well well and nicely with an, a different pipe tobacco that you're you know don't normally 
smoke all that much, it's like, oh, you know what? Now I got an excuse to. That's exactly right. I, I, I think that's the thing and the, the beauty of this is it, it forces the, uh, you know, the listener to maybe um, maybe reconnect with, you know, tobaccos that they have forgotten about or ones that they weren't aware of. You know, in Rattrays, it's it's not a not particularly known for its aromatic tobaccos. They've only got a few and, uh, you know, they're not particularly well known. These are more Virginia Ford tobaccos, uh, English blends, tobaccos that, uh, you know, are a little more uh, maybe sophisticated in their leaf choices, but they do occasionally have some flavorings, and I think are I think are really tasty. You know, so if you can get your hands on some, they're excellent tobaccos in their own right. But I think pair really well with the with the mixtures today. That's good, man. All right, so next up we've got eighteen thirty five bourbon whiskey. Yeah, now I'm interested to see, Bo, what your thoughts are on this particular one. Again, uh, we have not discussed this beforehand at all, so um, I'll I'll be really, really interested to see. This is a a 90-proof whiskey, bottled in Texas. 1835 was the year of the first Battle of Texas, where uh, the independence was uh, declared, and and actually it goes also by Lone Star 1835 bourbon, and it it doesn't say Lone Star on the bottle, but at the very top of the whiskey there is uh, the iconic uh, Texas Lone Star there that you uh, that you always associate with the state. 1835 bourbon. It also says come and take it, which I love. Of course, that's a Texas thing. Uh, Texas uh, mindset right there, right? That's right. Uh, it, 1835, a flag was hoisted at this battle with a cannon on it that says come and take it, basically daring the opponents to come get them. And of course, this flag, <laughs> this come and take come it flag get. is still, yeah, exactly. And, it, and it's still very much uh, kind of iconic in Texas lore. And if you've uh, if you've been to the state and, and hunted around some of those uh, Texas gift shops and things oh like that, gosh. where, um, you know, folks are, you know, uh, selling armadillos and all that kind of stuff, I'm sure you've seen it, but really iconic and, and a good story behind, uh, behind that. But um, yeah, did yeah, you know, it, this is something I did not realize when we, when we bought our house, but our neighborhood has a rule that you cannot fly any flag except for the Texas flag. I, that does not surprise me. Can you believe that? That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> that does not. That does not surprise me. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, leave your Texas Longhorns, your Texas A and M flags, your, uh, you know, like Mississippi State LSU flags. Leave those at home. But but if it's the Texas flag, uh, that's welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and almost almost required. Like we don't we don't currently have one. Uh, although I do right. have Texas flag pillows, which uh, <laughs> I think I mentioned that on here. Like I was trying not to be like you know that guy and then yeah. we could we literally couldn't find any outdoor pillows beyond those that were the texas flag pillows and so it was like ah, all right let me get two of these you, it, <laughs> i mean what you, you don't you, you have to be comfortable so you know no, no it's true. good uh they're um you know that kind of i i kind of graphy is uh <laughs> you know prolific <laughs> iconography iconography is uh pr- prolific obviously through the state of texas and so um it, there's not a this is a smaller company it's uh it's a texas-based company this is if if you don't live you know in the state of texas you probably will not find uh this particular whiskey um to be honest with you there's not a lot of information about it it's pretty um pretty unassuming you know i think uh in some sense it was an attempt for uh, this particular distillery the north texas distillery to kind of take advantage of that Texas pride, right? And so it's one of those things that's going to be more locally based, and uh, and and interest I think will be more local. But Bo, you want to describe the uh, describe the bottle? Yeah, man. So you, uh, as you say, it does have that Texas iconography, um, kind of uh, right right front and center with a big cannon right right in front of you. Uh, the the 1835 is done in kind of a, a calligraphic uh, kind of way. So it was almost like it was written right there with that come and take it, not just in, you know, like uh, Times New Roman. I mean, this is this is done with kind of that calligraphy style, an exclamation point 
right there at the end. Um, the bottle itself, I'm, you know, I'm not sure what the shape is considered, but it's it's almost that um, kind of wide medicinal shape yeah. in terms of you know if you kind of go into an old pharmacy you might see uh, the kind of these larger larger bottles or or even like a um a mouthwash uh kind of like a very very nice <laughs> mouthwash type of thing like a um, listerine bottle yeah <laughs> yeah and it is interesting because one of the biggest adjustments to moving to Houston has been, you know, the fact there is so much here. Like, there's so many more options. There's so much more going on. And and for somebody who, you know, born and raised in Mississippi for the, for the vast majority of my life, you know, options are, are can be overwhelming. So I went down to the package store here called Specs, and they have got, yep. like, a wall. If you live in Texas, you know what Specs is. Yeah. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And they've got, they've got like walls and walls of bourbon. Like, you know, back home we got, you know, we got a couple shelves and they, they you know, some nice long shelves that go up to about your, your, your waist and you've got some great bourbons and, and the selection is wonderful. And here it's like that, except, you know, instead of going up to your waist, it goes up to the ceiling and instead of like, you know, a couple of uh, shelves, it's like a couple of walls. And so I go in to try to like expand my bourbon knowledge and to some extent it's like a kid in the candy store and to some extent it's like i don't even know where to begin maybe i should just get what i like (laughs) yeah exactly you're like which one's pretty yeah (laughs) exactly so this one did kind of stand out because it does have that very you know hey this is texas you know come and take it like there's an attitude to this but at the same time not an attitude in the abrasive sense an attitude in the sense that like this knows what it is at least in terms of a marketing standpoint it knows what it's trying to be it knows what it's trying to communicate and even though it does have that kind of bold you know don't mess with texas uh mindset it also has a certain class to it there's a classiness to the bottle there's a classiness to the brand it stood out to me i picked it up and um i'm i'm standing here i will say this i mean we haven't tasted it yet we're about to talk about it but Despite yep. anything I'm about to say, I'm standing here with with almost a completely empty bottle. So I want to start. I'll, I'll, I'll start with that before we actually talk about. It. I'll start. I, I agree. <laughs> I <wanna> yes. <laughs> All right. Let's take a sip. Mm. Cheers. Mm. Mm. So I'll start and then let you talk. This is not a superlative whiskey, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, this is this is a it, again. This knows what it is. It's a. Uh, it's approachable. Uh, you know, it's a it's a good mixer. Um, you know, it's not particularly distinctive. It's um, uh, it, it it you know has a nice uh, you know kind of tongue coating on it. But um, you know, there is a medicinal flavor to it. And um, you know, after that, it just kind of it just kind of settles. I, I I don't really get a whole lot from it. You know, it's not um, it, not particularly uh, interesting if you ask me, uh, you know, it, it's one of those whiskeys that you're like, man, if you want to be drinking whiskey, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, and, and don't really have a, uh, maybe have a very mild or sensitive palate. This might be a good one for you, but, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I don't know, Bo, I, I just don't really get a lot from this. What do you think? No, you're exactly right. I mean, this, this does have almost kind of that, um, kind of that wheat nature to it, that kind of thin nature to it. I mean, that's the only thin, way I know how yeah. to describe that, that flavor mm-hmm. profile mm-hmm. Uh, from, from a textural standpoint. It, you know, it, I got this, as I mentioned that the branding stood out to me. I wanted to pick it up from, from that standpoint. And, you know, I feel like, you know, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but we've had Lone Star actually send us some, some bourbons before. Is that, is that correct? Uh, I don't think, well, maybe I, I if I'm remembering right, we haven't had anything from this particular brand, but maybe right? maybe from this distillery. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure to be honest. Well, so you know, and and I'm I'm 
the thing is, and this is gonna this is gonna rub some people the wrong way, like my my neighbors. <laughs> I feel like Texas has been trying in the bourbon department for a while, and I know there are some great distillers that are in the area that are are you know doing doing their best. But I I don't know I don't know if it's a mental thing or what. I think maybe in trying too hard, it comes across as too weak. And I think that there is something mm. to be said for a lot of the Texas bourbon culture of the Texan distillers here. Now, I am very ready to be proven wrong. Like, if you're like, hey, now listen, <laughs> you know, look. Send- you, you also be you also better be ready to run. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't, you know, don't fire your guns. Fire the bourbon. Send on the bourbon over. I will try it. I will test it. Show me, you know, what has. And actually, you know what, Matt? I should mention this. I was at a, I was at a 4th of July party very recently. Uh, and the guy, uh, he, he grew up in Dallas and, and, uh, was, was kind of hosting us and he had a, a few bourbons on hand. And the, the one that I had was from a Texas distiller. It was very, very good. I can't remember what it was. So I need to get that from him. Maybe we'll do that next time. But, um, but in general, every single time I feel like I've gone to like the Texan bourbon. Well, I've been underwhelmed, not disappointed, not disgusted, yeah. just underwhelmed. And you can tell that they're trying, <laughs> but I don't know, man, like you say, there, there is kind of a, well, this, this is alcohol and you know, it's got that nice, you know, it's got the burn. So, you know, that, that's right. The, you, you know, you're drinking something that was probably distilled, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's there, but like the, there's really no, no, the, the bourbon flavor isn't there or if it is it's just very yeah. watered down uh which yeah. is unfortunate but um well yeah. i i think you nailed it this is um you know this is a whiskey for something uh someone that um uh, it maybe doesn't know a lot about whiskeys and is looking for something that hey this is a um you know a good mixer or something that i can just right. share with a lot of people to not really uh worry about maybe um you know it, it is smoother than the, like a jack daniels or uh, something of that nature. The price point is a little higher. We're talking like mid twenties, uh, mm-hmm. twenty eight to thirty, something like that. Um, but uh, you know, I, I do. I, I think they uh, are taking advantage of of kind of the Texas uh, name and uh, you know kitschiness that you got there. I, I'll differ with you some. I, I have been pretty impressed with a lot of the Texas whiskeys that I've had. Um, and, <laughs> there you go. You're saving and, us. The, the, the Texas and, 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 right, I'm, I'm bailing you out, right? No, I mean, all honesty, I mean, they're different. Most of them are different. They're not, uh, you know, the flavor profiles in some ways. I, I wouldn't, you know, you've got them aged in sherry casks and using, uh, you know, different kinds of ingredients and all this. So I, I feel like they're pushing the envelope uh, so they're they're different, you know, tasting whiskeys, but they are distinctive, and I, I for the most part have been very um, very impressed with them, um, you know. But this particular one, I I, I was left uh, like you, uh, pretty pretty underwhelmed, you know. Um, again, because this is uh, at the price point it is, it's approachable. Um, you know, they have uh, had a lot of success, I think, based on their branding, and so they've also come out with a lot of different uh, flavor varieties of this, which you know this is th- this kind of happens when uh, whiskeys. Uh, you know, at this price point and catch on a little bit. So now you can get, uh, you know, this, this particular one with, uh, you know, all kinds of crazy flavors and that type of thing, which, um, you know, what comes to mind is like a, uh, Burnett's vodka, which is kind of like a, you know, the, the bottom shelf, <laughs> you know, and they, they've got all these mm. crazy flavors. And yeah. so, um, you know, they, they've gone in that direction and I think that's fair. Um, but yeah, th- this is, um, you know, this is not a particularly premium product, which is, uh, which is fine. And yeah. how did you say that you came, came upon it? All right. So, so this is interesting. Um, uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's funny. This 
particular bourbon is not uh, it, it, it's not you know um, distributed in Mississippi. Well, as you know, longtime listeners might remember, back in 2015, uh, my grandfather passed away. And uh, this, uh, it, we, you know, I went down to a couple months later down to his house in, in Katy, uh, Texas, down there to, uh, you know, kind of, we were cleaning his house up and packing stuff up and sending things to the thrift store and things oh, like yeah, that, yeah. you know, just all that kind of stuff. And yeah. so he had one bottle of whiskey left in his liquor cabinet. And, and actually, Papa had a uh, an entire bar. It was really one of these old 1980s houses, just early McMansion kind of thing. But it was, uh, it was a nice house, and he had this little wet bar in there that I always remember growing up very fondly. I would go back there as a little kid and pretend that I was a bartender and that kind of thing. You know, it was a it was a neat little area of, of his house. And, uh, and so I went back there just kind of reminiscing and, um, you know, missing my, my papa. And, uh, and he had one bottle of whiskey, uh, left and it was this 1835. And, uh, and so this is the, this is the same bottle that I'm actually drinking from today. Pretty cool. It's about a fourth full, about a quarter full. I only sip on it on, you know, occasions when uh, I'm kind of, uh, thinking about him or reminiscing about uh, old times, that kind of thing. But it was, I was very close to my grandfather. He was um, he was quite a man, and uh, we've talked about him some uh, before on uh, on the show. Uh, you know, D Day veteran, one of those that uh, just larger than life kind of kind of guys, and uh, you know, self made man and all that. But um, but anyway, this was his last whiskey, and uh, he had obviously enjoyed almost the entire bottle, but had some left and. Uh, and I always like to think saved it for me. And so, uh, mm. so that's, uh, that's what yeah. that is. And, uh, you know, it's funny, my, you know, it's not particularly great whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I mean, like you, you know, got that, you got that really ancient not. bottle of old charter in the shop for like, <laughs> for the exact same reasons. You know what I mean? Like oh, there, that's it. That, there is something that's to be it. said about the previous generation and, you know, there's, uh, you know, well, okay. So every generation brings something to the picture, right? And, yeah. and as much as the previous generation, uh, or at least that specific generation brought to the picture, quality whiskey wasn't it, you know, they, they, yeah. they had what they had and they enjoyed what they got. And it's funny that's that a right. lot of these, uh, you know, brands will really kind of tote the fact they've been around forever, but honestly, that's not necessarily always, a plus. <laughs> but the thing that I makes know, right? it, and this is true, I think of a lot of, you know, even a lot of like hamster tobaccos as well, is that, you know, we associate uh, that particular brand, that particular whiskey, that particular pipe tobacco, that particular smell, that particular taste with the people that we love and the people that made an impact on us. And so regardless of, you know, whether or not it's, you know, Captain Black or, or you know, 1835, it may hold a, set, a special place because it does connect us, yeah. uh, you know, with, with the ones that we lo- loved and the ones that set us on the path we're on today. That's that's exactly right. So um, yeah, so you know it, it's it's cool for me, but um, you know if you're one of those people that love a you know real high quality whiskey, um, you know something that's interesting and lots of nuanced flavors and all that kind of stuff, um, you know you may want to steer clear. And, and so segueing from that into the tobacco pairing, uh, this should be interesting. You did right? you didn't pair it with Captain Black, <laughs> did you? <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't. Yeah, or, or you know Captain Black Grape or something like that. Yeah. No, no, I. I I paired it with a really good aromatic. I, I paired it with a respectable aromatic that, um, you know, this is a, a I kind of feel like, you know, if you're sipping this particular whiskey, you need, you need the tobacco to take over. You really do. You know, it's, it's, it's not, um, it's, it's not something that, you know, you're really going to, um, complement, uh, as much as just kind of, um, you know, the, the, the whiskey and the sipping part might, uh, you know, just be the, 
a sensory thing, like you said, like, oh, I'm drinking alcohol, and this is fun, and I'm also going to smoke my pipe, right? <laughs> and so the, uh, the tobacco we paired it with, of course, is a very popular aromatic. It's Autumn Evening from Cornell and Deal. And um, Autumn Evening, I, I feel like this is a good pairing because it kind of uh, it kind of rounds out what a lot of the 1835 uh, is missing. It's kind of the, um, you know, the, uh, the, the malty, uh, mapley, sweet, oaky uh, that's there. Uh, it's bringing those things to the table that I think the, the 1835 is kind of missing. It, it, to be honest with you. Uh, again, this is probably a pretty good mixing whiskey. It would be on the higher end of a whiskey that you would want to mix. I will say that. Like, you know, if you're going to mix this whiskey, that's on the higher end of, of blending, you know, uh, whiskeys you're going to make a cocktail out of kind of thing. Uh, I, I would think anyway. Um, or, or at least, a, you know, whiskey and Coke or something like that. So, um, yeah, so, I, you know, the, the autumn evening, it's one of those that, um, you know, when you open it, it's going to be relatively moist and, uh, you know, we'll um, take a little time to dry out. Some people let it dry out some and um, before they load up their, their pipe full. But uh, once you do that, I think it's good. And uh, let, let it uh, kind of simmer there at first. It'll dry out as you smoke it and uh, and then be a be a good burner after that. Makes the room smell great, too. So that that's it. Well, uh, great, great pairings. You know, the great thing is, like, I was really excited about these whiskeys because I had feelings that, like, and this is always the truth with uh, Squire Select. I, I, there's always great stories that comes out, right? There's always the great. Yeah, that's right. Uh, stories that are, are connected with them or, or with the. The pipe tobacco that's paired, but um, you know the best thing I think that any of us can do when we think about a story and and kind of enjoying a story together, it's enjoying story over uh, a great a quality whiskey and also a great quality smoke, like the kind of smoke you can get from the pipes from our good friends at Missouri Meerschaum. <laughs> that's exactly right, man. Of course, uh, these whiskeys have a story, but uh, but as we all know, Missouri Meerschaum has a story as well, and uh, this is their 150th anniversary. Uh, it's pretty cool. You know, our uh, our very own um, uh, Liz Stevie, who works at the Country Squire, she does a lot of our, our mail order uh, stuff. She is on her honeymoon right now. Uh, she actually gets back tomorrow. She got married, and um, and uh, to her longtime boyfriend, and uh, we were we were really excited for her. But on her honeymoon, her cross country trip, they went through Washington, Missouri, and uh, and went to the the really cool facility that they've got there, their uh, ancient factory with their beautiful. Um, a museum section where they've got all this uh, memorabilia uh, from 150 years of the best corncob pipes on earth. And so, um, man, we encourage you, if you are uh, in that part of the world and want to make a different kind of pipe pilgrimage, a corncob pipe pilgrimage, uh, swing by uh, Washington, Missouri, go see the folks at Missouri Meerschaum. And um, man, they, they will all take uh, good care of you. Becca, uh, Marilyn, Phil, just uh, the, the entire crew up there will be uh, be so happy to see you. And uh, today we're going to talk again about the Great Dane uh, corncob pipe from Missouri Meerschaum. It comes in two different varieties, the spindle and the spool. These are larger Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipes. Um, they fit your hand really well. They have kind of a curvature to them that are very, uh, you know, very comfortable in your in your hand. Um, you know, and just a, a larger filtered pipe, which uh, gives you the option of that cooler smoke. And so, um, man, an excellent, excellent pipe. Uh, retails for only twelve fifty nine, and uh, comes in a bent and a straight variety. So check it out if you uh, have a, a Great Dane spool or a Great Dane spindle. We encourage you to smoke it and uh, let us know. And yeah, of course, if you are uh, smoking a Great Dane, be sure to take a picture of yourself doing so. We love to retweet those pictures out to let the good folks at Missouri Meerschaum know we appreciate them for sponsoring this show.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Pipe Question of the Week. Pipe Question of the Week coming in from Ryan Smith. Ryan, asking a very important question for those in Ryan's situation. What are the different steps that I should take in cleaning and caring for a reverse calabash pipe? Now, reverse calabash pipe, a very... Uh, iconic looking pipe, something that uh, many may have in their collection, and some may be too intimidated to get. To be honest, it's a. Uh, it's, <laughs> I've got, I've got one. You've, you've got. Actually, do you have one in your collection? A reverse calabash pipe. I, I don't have. I actually don't have a calabash pipe either, to be honest with you. But um, they, they both are iconic in their own right. The reverse calabash. You've got, you've got a bowl, right? Uh, you know, a, 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 well, let me start. A re- for those that might not be familiar, a regular calabash has the uh, kind of, it's typically made out of gourd, uh, but the, the gourd uh, bent uh, pipe, we, we always think of Sherlock Holmes, even though Sherlock Holmes didn't technically smoke a, a calabash pipe. And it has the Meerschaum insert that, uh, that functions as the bowl. Uh, there and the, and so the bowl is on the top. It's got this big void uh, inside the the gourd uh, or you know other wood, and then it, it allows the that big void allows the smoke to cool before it gets to your tongue, and therefore has this light airy smoke. It's a, a very fun uh, uh, pipe to smoke, although it's not uh, particularly practical because they are so big and and kind of bulky. A reverse calabash pipe typically is made of briar, um, and it's not going to have that that Meerschaum lining. It's not going to have the, um, you know, the, uh, the kind of case that sets down, uh, on top of the, uh, the cooling chamber. It's going to be typically a normal, uh, normal ish, uh, briar bowl, uh, but then it'll have a larger chamber, uh, back behind, uh, that, that the smoke will, will have to pass through in order to get to, uh, to get to your mouth. And so you kind of, that's why some reverse calabash pipes kind of look like a peanut, 
<laughs> because you have a normal bowl and then it kind of tapers down and then it goes into this uh, larger uh, bulb uh, where the uh, you know the uh, tobacco will or the, the smoke will have an opportunity to cool before it gets to your tongue. So they both work the exact same way essentially. Um, you know, it's just one uh, is more kind of compact. The the reverse calabash kind of compact. Um, you know, typically made of briar, uh, and it gives the the smoke the opportunity to to cool down just in a kind of a different format. So. Um, uh, anyway, as far as caring for these pipes, cleaning them, uh, you, the, the bowl itself, you'll take care of like you would any other pipe. You'll, uh, want to occasionally ream it, swab it out really good with a, uh, uh, you know, with a pipe cleaner, uh, keep moisture out of it, that kind of thing. You're going to do the same thing, uh, with the, with the, uh, you know, the, the cooling chamber, I guess we'll call it, uh, there on the end. Uh, you know, with this, you're not reaming it, obviously. You don't want to, uh, let any, um, you know, it, it, the the cake is not going to build up in that part of the pipe, and so you don't want it, you know, to ream that out. The only thing you do want to do is be careful of moisture. You really want to check out, uh, make sure, you know, moisture doesn't settle in there, um, especially when you're storing this pipe. Um, after each smoke, a lot of um, reverse calabashes are designed where you can take them apart uh, when they're hot, some are not. If they're not, uh, you know, let them cool down. Uh, take it apart, and then um, once it is cool, and then uh, take your pipe cleaner and swab out the inside of that uh, cooling chamber really, really good. And that's going to allow the pipe to be good and dry, so when you do set it back, you won't have to worry about it uh, one bit. So again, you're not going to ream that section, uh, but it is prone to get quite a bit of moisture in it because that's where your smoke is cooling. And so just uh, just scrub it out really good, and then of course you'll uh, you'll scrub out the inside of your uh, your stem as well. So it's really easy; just takes basically one extra step. And um, other than that, I think you'll be good to go. All right, man. Well, great question uh, from Ryan. Thank you so much for that. And hey, if you've got a pipe question, be sure to send it in. Show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Again, that's show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Quick fire with the Squire. Quick fire question, Jones! All right, man. Quick fire questions coming in, uh, of course, brought to us by the shirts available to you at TheCountrySquireOnline.com. Represent the Country Squire Radio. By getting a Country Squire Radio shirt at thecountrysquireonline.com. All right, man. How <laughs> you like that? Uh, Brian Levine. This is a guy who wrote in with some questions. Let's see what Brian Levine has to say. We're actually continuing on some of his questions from uh, last week where he was trying to get us in trouble with our wives. So uh, we're, we're continuing <laughs> as we choose the ladies. Uh, all right. This, this is actually, I find this to be uh, relatively inappropriate given our age context. But I think when Brian was younger, maybe Supergirl was older. Right now, Supergirl is a young, like a child. So it doesn't. <laughs> All right, so Catwoman or Supergirl? I don't even know what a Supergirl looks like. I mean, uh, in, my wife is a Supergirl, but as far as a, char- a, a cartoon character, comic book character, I have no idea. I do know who Catwoman is. For a variety of reasons, I'll go with Catwoman. So Supergirl, just a little context. She is she is Clark Kent, uh, Kal-El of Krypton, Superman. She's Superman's cousin. And so the idea was okay. that she was sent to Earth in uh, kind of a way to... She was supposed to like care for Clark, baby Clark, uh, baby Superman. and uh, But her ship got like stuck or frozen or went off course. And she was kind of caught in suspended animation so that by the time she lands on Earth... Uh, Clark Kent has already grown up and or, or Kal-El has, has grown up and become Superman. And so now her younger cousin is actually much older than her. And uh, and so she ends up kind of being a um, a pseudo sidekick to Superman. But she also definitely is kind of her own hero in, in her own light. Um, 
And actually, I say, I say, you know, in the comics, at least our comic book version of Supergirl is very much like a child. But I guess the uh, the Supergirl that's on the CW is is much older. So um, I'm gonna say Catwoman. I, I you know, I, you know, Supergirl's great. <laughs> you know, you get, you get this Selena Kyle. You got a little bit of a, a little wild streak. You gotta, you gotta go for this. No, that's good. Uh, and then finally, uh, for for the the last of Brian's, uh, Wilma Flintstone or Betty Rubble. I guess I'll go with uh, Wilma Flintstone, huh? I mean, you know, she's more the main character, kind of. Uh, you know, she's got that. You know, those uh, stone pearl things around her neck, and they both know, do. Always, they uh, both do. Yeah, I guess they do. I, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, we'll go with Wilma. I mean, she, you know, she's she's right there with uh, uh, with Fred. It's, so, it, is it yeah, a redhead thing? Is that is that why? <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah I, I, again I you know you and Brian both are going to try to coax me into all kinds of trouble with uh, various uh, women in my life and I'm just going to uh, leave it at at, uh, at, at Wilma Flintstone. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know I'm I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised, man. As a as a um, you know former and to some extent current therapist, uh, Wilma and and Fred had some issues. Like that like that was that was not a <laughs> not a healthy marriage. <laughs> Like there was, there's, there's some stuff there. <laughs> I think uh, I think there's a lot probably unhealthy about uh, the Flintstones. You know, they're like running on that, the streets to uh, make your car go and eating giant slabs of uh, the side of dinosaurs and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I don't know, man. There's oh, just yeah. a, there's a lot happening. <laughs> yeah, th- th- this is true. Uh, no, between the two, probably Betty. Um, I I don't know, man. It's it's difficult. I'd be curious what Wilma would be like. What what was single Wilma like? You know, like what was Wilma before Fred like? And like, I feel like Fred and Wilma are very like, like that's, it's not a, it's, it's not a good marriage. It's not a good thing going on. They, they, they weren't <laughs> right for each other. I mean, they're making it work for Bam Bam or not Bam Bam Pebbles, right? Pebbles is their, their kid. I, I, I it's lost on me. I think it's Pebbles. I think Bam Bam is actually Betty and, um, <laughs> what's his sidekick's name? Uh, Hey, uh, yeah, Fred, yeah, you know, Fred, uh, did that, that guy, Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble, Barney. So, right. So Barney, it, her, and, her husband, right. <laughs> Barney and Betty, Fred and Wilma. Uh, no, I'm, I probably, I probably go a little bit more Betty, probably go a little bit more Betty. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, uh, and since I, uh, and you know, we're going to, we're going to throw one additional in here, uh, to, uh, to round it out a little bit. And, uh, this, I think, I, I think I will get you in trouble. It wouldn't be the first time. And uh, you know what? I'm gonna throw one. Uh, I'm gonna throw throw an extra one in in here because uh, I, I did the math wrong, and, and we really need three to call it a uh, a successful quick fire <laughs> question. So I'm gonna go with uh, Julie Andrews or Audrey Hepburn. Ooh, okay. Um, hmm. Julie Andrews or Audrey Hepburn? Like back in the uh, day, you know. I mean, like you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. Because right? she got we it going. Talking. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Listen, uh, you go back and you watch classic Mary Poppins and you're like, oh, okay. All right. You know, like when you're a kid, she's like an older woman. But like when you're our age now, you're like, dang, girl. <laughs> oh, man, that that is out of control. Uh, you know, I'll probably I'll probably go with Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. I mean, uh, Julie Andrews, uh, you know, loved uh, what the sound of music and all that. But yeah, um, yeah, I'll go, I'll go with Audrey Hepburn. Well, I mean, in terms of honestly, both these women are incredible in terms of talent. Um Man, I you know what when I when I kind of pulled this one out of thin air, I didn't I didn't realize actually how difficult this was going to be. Because <laughs> you're right. Um, oh man. Oof. I'm gonna go Audrey Hepburn just because there's a classic Hollywood like aura around kind of who who she who like who she represents in kind of filmography. Yeah. Uh, from that standpoint, 
But again, you're about to you're about to find this out as a dad when you start going back and rewatching some of the the movies from your youth. You're like, you know that that old woman that you saw when you were a kid is like now younger then than you are now. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> like, okay, all right. What's up? what's what's up, Julie? Hey. It's a strange it's a strange feeling, but I know I, I mean you know we all we all are familiar with what <laughs> it's, it's the craziness. <laughs> it is that's crazy. Anyway, yeah. So uh, Audrey Hepburn as well. But anyway, shout out to Brian Levine for uh, trying to get us in trouble with our wives, and a uh, shout out to uh, to me for also trying to get us in trouble with our wives. Hey, if you got quick fire questions, be sure to send them in show at countrysquireradio.com. Again, that is show at countrysquireradio.com. Your thoughts. Your comments. Listener feedback. All right, man. Listener feedback. And I tell you what, we are going to probably just do one for time's sake. Uh, listener yeah, feedback yeah. here. This one's in, man, from uh, Ryan Tullock. He says, great show again, guys. I hate to hear of uh, Bruce's passing. Of course, this is our uh, most recent episode that we did last week. Um, but I, but if there is a sl- silver lining, I'm glad to know the difference between rusticated and sandblasting. I've been smoking pipes for years now, but never knew the difference or at the very least thought they were two names that meant the same thing. That probably makes me sound ignorant, but that's why I love listening to the show, not to feel ignorant, but to learn things about my favorite hobby. Keep the smoke rolling. And again, that is from Ryan Tullock. And uh, let me say, (laughs) let me just say this, Ryan, like, honestly, like even in the early days of country squire radio, that was me. Like I did not know the difference between rustication and sandblasting. I, and even when John David was actively, like educating me in front of everybody, it still wasn't quite ringing clear. I thought in some way they were like taking some sort of like um, almost like a laser pointer like approach to sandblasting to get the rustication or something of that nature. Like yeah. it, it just yeah was not registering with me at all. So you are not alone, <laughs> and uh, I'm sure it's not just the two of us either. Yeah, it, you know that that's one of those things that your ability to kind of determine the difference between those man. We're we're glad to play a little part in that, and um, and of course the. You know, one of the best uh, sandblasters in, in history, of course, was Bruce Weaver. And it's been neat to see folks over the past week, uh, you know, appreciate that and, and pull out those sandblasted pipes and, um, mm-hmm. and you know, really kind of kind of reintroduce themselves themselves to uh, to that art form. So anyway, um, yeah, man, thanks for the thanks for the comments. Great. Uh, great to have you on board. And we're uh, we're so glad you're with us. You know, I, I, I'll pull the curtain back just a slight bit here. And, and, you know, with last week's episode, you know, generally we, we record these episodes, we, we talk about whatever topic it is we're talking about. And, um, you know, I, I, I then have the task of trying to figure out how to, how to market the episode, right? Like it needs a name, it needs a title. And, you know, with our series, like for example, Squire Select this week and Tobacco Talk next week, like those are, those are canned situations. Like here's the name of the series, here's the thing that we're discussing, and you call it a day. But when it's something that's topical, um, generally we like to give it kind of a, like a funny spin or, or we like to do some form of alliteration. And of course the subject matter is crucial in terms of, you know, especially the, the educating the listener base. We try to do that as much as possible every single episode to some extent. Um, so, you know, there's an important aspect of that, that you know what you're getting into, but this was very much a dedication and we've done episodes, you know, uh, on very rare occasion, we've done similar episodes in the past, but we have. And so, you know, I was like, how best do we communicate that we're talking about sandblasting, but we're also kind of dedicating this to Bruce. And so that's when it kind of just kind of hit me as I was sitting there reflecting on, 
you know, the craft and everything that we discussed and, and what he brought to the, the industry. And I was like, the Weaver way, that needs to be what this episode is called. And, yeah, um, yeah. and that, that was a nice touch, Bo. I was, I was really glad we could uh, we could do that in his honor. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Ryan, thanks so much for, for writing that in. And hey, if you've got some feedback, be sure to send it in. Show at CountrySquireRadio.com is the place to do it. Also, you can follow us on Twitter, at Squire Radio, or you can follow me. I'm at the real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore Country Squire. Of course, all that information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. Well, John David, uh, hey, day drinking. Here's the day. I mean, I know, right, man? Yeah, that, that's exactly right. This is this has been good. It's been good stuff. It's been good to uh, not just get behind get back behind the mic, but also get back behind the bottle. That's right. <laughs> look, look. I mean, you know, there's not very many professions where you can drink in the middle of the day and call it work. <laughs> no, I know, right? Yeah. So we, we should really take advantage of this. Every time I want to complain about work, I think I get to do this for a living. There this is go. not a real job. That's right. This you, your job is to to do the thing that people do when they're trying to get away from their jobs. <laughs> no, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Very blessed. <laughs> no, man, I had fun. Good uh good hanging out again today. Absolutely, brother. Well, hey, let's go have a day. See you, buddy. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.